You know what? I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. Welcome everybody, jump on in, the water's warm. Mark Thompson to my right, Aida Rodriguez to my left. Um, this is TYT Old School as you guys may have figured out by now. Uh, we have a fun lineup of a show tonight. I have a couple thoughts and I'm actually thoroughly curious about both of y'all's thoughts and it's odd because when Mark comes in, and we're on Old School, let's go with Inside Baseball. Mm-hmm. Mark comes in, I've said this before on the show, Mark comes in studio, office slash studio, not even an actual studio yet, doors open. Hello, Turks! <laughs> well, I try to make an entrance, not not trying to steal spotlight. I'm just trying to bring good energy to the place. That's it, it's, it's, and it's always hey. welcomed. Uh, Ida comes in, and half the time she rolls right, and I can't see her until she's right next to me. She has a different approach when she comes in. <laughs> what I love about it is I appreciate she comes, both, though. comes in with, you know, like, with the grievances stacked up, ready to go. You know. Like, you know, like she's know read the very latest about something that is pissing her off, and I love that. And I also like to hear what other people have to think about it and see if they're also pissed off or if it's just me, because I'm like, what happened? Am I crazy? When yet? I don't know something, I ask. I'm never embarrassed not to know something. Like, I'm always like, you know what? I'm going to ask. I've seen that. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, it was something that you asked John, and I was like, man, she just. She's asking, doesn't mind. Like, she's like, I need to know more about this. So go ahead and send me this. Yeah, Tell he me sent that. me articles yeah. about climate change so that I can share them with, uh, with the Latino people who follow me and support mm-hmm. me who need to know more about it because <clears throat> they don't realize that climate change, too, is a form of oppression when it comes to the poor. And so a lot of people don't realize. They don't think, they think, you know, out here in my community, like, that's some white people stuff. The turtles. And I'm like, it, no, no, it all. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Cir- that's really the interesting. The circle of life, it affects us all. Like, Well, you, you don't even have to get to the circle of life. There's no question about it, but that people who have money will feel the effects last. People who don't have a lot of money, they're the ones who are going to feel the effects of climate change first. And I, you can say, well, no, everybody's going to feel it. No, I get it. Everybody's going to feel it, but the... The way lives are going to be ruined first oh, yeah. will be associated with not having money. Ask the, little, ask the people in Little Haiti in Miami. They're feeling it right now. I mean, because of the, 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 alt, the altitude um, clauses now, because they can build up in oh, that neighborhood. Really? Nobody wanted that neighborhood. Now mm. they're trying to get the Haitian people out of there. So please. I got off an airplane. I came from Canada, and I was like, I have to go be there. Because I, it, all of this stuff is so pressing right oh, now. I'm sorry, that because we'll, I don't know if we want to talk about why it was tough um, to come in. But uh, the, some of the aspects of that, when you mentioned things like climate change, people think, oh, it's just because you think the sun's going to give you an extra tan. No, there's things when it affects food, it affects weather and climate, and things that happen. When you mentioned Miami, the severity of, uh, of hurricanes and things like that that happen. And guess which community? We saw it in Katrina in 2006. The area yeah. of the communities that gets uprooted and not rebuilt. We saw it in Puerto Rico a couple years ago as well. Still, by the way, still yeah. not back. Um, 
Is it something that affects those people in particular? And then we throw a couple of paper towels at them. Yeah. That, but so when people were, up, were upset about our criticism of Trump being there and tossing paper towels because it looked like he was a clown, it was because he thought that's all he needed to do. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, so he, that, yeah, I'm sure, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, because you said that, as thousands of children went back to school today in Puerto Rico in tents. So just, so just to give you some, some context and just perspective on what's going on in Puerto Rico, that even though that hurricane was a few years ago, the people, my people, our people, because they're American, are feeling still the effects of that right now. And it's going to take a long time to recover as they fight the third time, the, the third colonization of the island. Because right. it was colonized by Spain and then America, and now they're trying to do it again. Yeah, and you know, just to what you're talking about, uh, not to be too heavy here on old school, but I just think it all kind of does work together. The leverage associated with money and power in Washington is non-existent in Puerto Rico, right? right? They have no political power because they don't really have any vote, right? right? And they don't have any money, and so their leverage is zero. They need advocates in Washington who care about them as people, and good luck. I mean, it's really hard to find it. So you're right, it's a, it's a sad state. You know, I uh, saw a movie, this is, I'm smiling because it was one of those weird situations, it was at the, uh, Sundance Film Festival. I'd never been to Sundance Film Festival oh. before, and I was really excited. I had a film that I was part of, and it was at the Sundance Film Festival. It's called Game Changers. It was a big uh, documentary. did really well. But anyway, it was going to premiere there, and I was so excited because I'd never been to the, the Sundance Film Festival before. And it's like everything you hear, like it's all that she-she thing and their parties and stuff. I mean, I wasn't invited to a bunch of parties, but I went to a couple <laughs> of them, and I got the vibe, right? So, But I wanted to go see other movies that were screening. I wasn't there just to see my movie. And so on the climate change thing, there was a movie, and I'm smiling because it was sold out. Okay, there are no seats, and they said, but if you want to go sit way down, like right, literally, like you can reach out and touch the screen. This is a huge screen. Uh, then, and I thought, okay, I want to, I want to see a movie here at the Sundance Film Festival, but I don't want to sit so close to the screen. But I did, so I was sitting super close to the screen and way over to one side. So I'm looking up like this the whole time, Ugh. just to see it. it was. The most brutal, awful viewing experience, but it was a documentary about a little island in the Pacific that was being swallowed up literally by rising water that was climate change related. And this guy who was president or prime minister of this place, of this little island that had no political leverage, they had nothing, they had no money, he went to the UN and this movie followed him and trying to to see him to try to enlist support was heartbreaking. Oh. It was heartbreaking because no one really cared. Mm -hmm. And and it was, again, this super powerful movie married with this super horrible viewing experience because yeah. I'm looking at it straight up and it's this massive image, but it speaks to what we're talking about, which is those with nothing now who are barely getting by being swallowed up first by this climate change, and it was heartbreaking. Well, you know, the thing um, that I will say that when it comes to marginalized communities, specifically people of color, they think that, not all of them, and I'm not speaking on behalf of everyone, but a lot of the things that I hear when I talk to people is when they think about climate change because they don't have the information, 
they think it's some like frou-frou, like lofty, liberal, hippie, you know, Birkenstock white person stuff, because that's the way that it's being framed by the powers that be, mm -hmm. because it is really an, an actual issue that affects us so horribly, especially those of us that come from poor communities. And so I, 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 that's why I, I went to John, because I wanted to say, give me some information that I can, you know, I can give to people so that they can start understanding what this means to, so that how it affects us. And, you know, and we should be concerned about others too. And not they'll just trust ourselves. it coming from you more because, like you said, they'll hear powers yeah. that be talk about it and they say, it's those other rich, powerful guys that have different political points of view than us, but they're still rich and powerful and you should hate them too type of approach. And it makes everybody go, yeah, because I was the person when I was, 19, uh, when I was 20 and I converted my vote in my first presidential election, I was like, it's all the same. I was that person. Yeah. Right. Because I had no reason to care about that. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to pay off these school loans after another year of college. And I was like, yeah, okay, it'll be fine. Uh, I'm going to USC. I'm going to be good. But whatever they're doing here, it doesn't matter to me. I need to worry about finishing school and doing this. And there's so many people that have that perspective or they're just trying to have a normal day, come from work and come back home, and those are things you have to fight for because they don't have the time to do it and invest and then decipher all the lies and the BS and go through all that. It's tough. So I can see that part, and those are the first people that are targeted, which brings me to my thought because I'm curious how you guys think. Everyone's talking coronavirus, and it's another one of those things that I think, again, if you're in this lucky group of the world in uh, sections of this particular country, because the way that they're talking about it is, hey, calm down, you guys, calm down, which I understand that you want to make sure people are calm. But then again, also let them know, because you're in a position to be this lucky, to find out the right things and treatments and things, and, and even find out the level of which it is around in your area. It's the randomness of way other people have had to deal with it is, uh, is amazing and sad. Um, but I have wondered, because there's been a bit of a panic, I was sent out by my wife over the weekend to, um, to stock paper. up, <laughs> to stock up. She says, we have to stock up, we have to stock up, we have to stock up. I said, yeah. on what? Where's the list? What are you talking about? And I said, and then what do you think is going to happen? Because she actually was in Louisiana during Katrina. And oh, she's okay. talking about how she's been in those types of oh, situations. Yeah. And I was going through it like, yeah, we'll have something that's close enough. The story's five minutes away and all that. But I went and did it anyway. And, and I'm still not sure if I got everything I need. But the only things that were sold out were hand sanitizer, antibacterial soap, and almost toilet paper. Toilet paper and I don't know. So did, are you guys on that same prep level or the oh. level of not necessarily fear, but, but <laughs> worry? We're coming to your house. Sounds like you're no. prep. I don't need to prep. You're all set. I, great. I, I wouldn't be unless I was told to. <laughs> the zombies are getting me first. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? My sister sent me a screenshot of... Um, Amazon and the Lysol wipes were thirty-eight dollars. They Crazy. went up to thirty-eight bucks. Um, really? I was in line to vote, and a lady said, "I got." And she had a little, like it was about just a little uh, Purell or hand sanitizer oh, yeah. bottle. She said, "I got four of them for forty bucks." And I think, and she what? said, "It's a good deal." And I'm thinking, it is. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's a good deal, ma'am. No. Uh, Ten dollars a piece for these tiny bottles. Uh, there's an insanity to this hoarding. Uh, and yet, it's true. I mean, there, you do need to prepare for what could be a 14-day quarantine, self-quarantine, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I will say this. I don't know. <laughs> Literally, I don't know how worried we should be. Uh -huh. And I don't know that anybody else really knows. I mean, sometimes I think, like, 
JR's wife. Like, we need to just, you know, get all this stuff for that 14-day quarantine. And then other times, I think, hey, you can't, you know, you can't respond to the hysteria, you know. But I don't know how contagious it is, and I don't know. I, you know, it's yeah. it's a tough thing to know. Well, what I did learn today is I read about um, South Korea because I was I, they were on the list of one of the countries that that has been suspended from being able to the people being able to come here. Fifty three thousand people have been have gotten over coronavirus in South Korea. So we we only focus on the the small number of people who have lost their lives, and not to dim, diminish. That those lives didn't matter because they are of value. All all lives are of value, but you don't hear the all of the people who have, uh, you know, who've already gotten over the corona, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. You only hear so it, it's been politicized, you know. So now you see. I went to Charlie Kirk's Twitter page because somebody tweeted something to me, and I, I lost brain cells in that process. <laughs> but then I went to his page, and then I saw the dams. And then the, the and then they, you go down the the thread and you see and then then that's when you really devolve as a human, and and my point yeah. is that they politicize everything now where the information is not given out in its in its purest form where it needs to be given out and so now people don't know what's really going on because they're still they're too busy saying the Democrats did this and the, the Republicans did that and then the poor people who don't have medical care and don't have the, the resources are the ones that we're losing. But the interesting turn that took place is that um, I, wrote, I read another article today that said that the reason why it's become such a big deal is because now old white men are being affected by it. Ted Cruz is under quarantine because God is good. Um, so uh, I was like, you think that bacon that he shot with the gun can cure the coronavirus in his house? Um, but the- if, By the way, if only Ted Cruz was quarantined, <laughs> then God is good. I will not, you know, it, it, if it was exclusively Ted Cruz who's being quarantined. Oh no, then- I'm not talking about the other people, but I'm saying now, they're, they're, now that it's, being, it's so close to the White House that even yeah. when Donald Trump and Mike Pence did their their press um, their conference today. The the media was like, "Did you guys get tested? Did you guys?" And Donald Trump didn't answer. And then Pence was like, "I don't know how to answer that." And I was like, "That you know, it's a yes or no question." <laughs> you answer by saying one either yes or no. All right. But what I tell you that what it does do is what I saw in the thread was this. This is what happens because the Dems want open borders. And this is what happens when there are open borders and all of these immigrants come to America and bring their diseases. And this happened during the last election, if you remembered, with the swine flu. There was a big immigration um, argument. And then they were saying that Mexicans brought the swine flu over. And then it was this whole argument about how the liberals wanted to open the borders because they want to you know they want they want this to happen because that's what we really want. We no. want foreigners to come in here and bring diseases and kill everybody. It's weird. That's what we want. It's weird how, how liberals are Americans and are born in the same country that um, that has first off thoughts the thoughts we have about guns and and it's, we're flooded with them. Liberals have no guns. I heard. I remember uh, some conservatives said that yeah. we have all the guns. So they literally said this because once civil war starts, we've got all the guns and then they can't defend themselves. Number one, liberals have guns. <laughs> I don't know how you missed that part. Well, we can turn loose another virus on them, though. Yeah, and number two, liberals also have this like this this invisible armor against viruses and disease, and therefore we want all these immigrants because, of course, immigrants carry them uh, only to come in 
and get everyone sick because liberals, as soon as you go, I'm a lib, it just does, it just bounces off you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but like I, rubber and glue. I would also say, <laughs> I mean, this just in, Latinos didn't just start coming here. You know that, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, like, <laughs> that's what they're mad they about. Like, you can't time Latino immigration with uh, the breakout of various viruses or disease, okay? They were here long before that. There, so, there are a lot of outbreaks that had nothing to do with uh, immigration. And I would suggest uh, Latino community. Pretty much uh, nothing to do with any of that. Uh, I would just have to say, we didn't come here. (laughs) They took our land from (laughs) us here. And then people like uh, John Smith brought those diseases over here. Let's talk about bringing diseases. That killed our natives and our our First Nations people. So when we sit here and talk about what the Latinos brought here was, what did you bring here? Because my ancestors were here before you were, before you stole our land. But sure. can we also agree that there's something weird behind this coronavirus? Oh, do you think it, you mean you think it's a... Beyond, I mean, I'm I'm concerned about the coronavirus and the effects on the human beings and the people who can't, don't have the resources and the, the, the elderly people who are really the ones that are, that, right. because they don't tell you the demographics of the people who are dying and people who have compromised immune systems and diseases. But there is something about the media frenzy behind it that is, it makes people develop conspiracy theories and they get nervous and they're like, what's really behind this? Because people have been dying of the flu every year. Millions of people die of hunger every year and that's <laughs> not considered an emergency. Sure. So why do you think? Well, it's a, it's, this story is, is uh, it's basically built for media hysteria. It's so perfect because it's invasion of the body snatchers, right? It's people all around you, they look like you, they sound like you, but they have this thing, potentially. And they show no symptoms for maybe two weeks at a time. So you won't even know that they have something that can infect you. And we don't know how bad it is. Mm -hmm. All those unknowns and all that danger, all that scare is so built into being loaded for media. And so I think it's just literally having to just run the story and you get all the clicks and you get all the eyeballs mm-hmm. and you get all the ears because this story, as I say, it's as though it's designed for maximum media visibility. But then some, okay, so we've had some people that, that will talk, uh, will try and calm at least the narrative about it. Like Rush Limbaugh, of course, the, the president is doing that. And the immediate knee-jerk reaction for people who know Rush Limbaugh is a piece of garbage and that the president only cares about himself then sometimes those same, like, so if anyone else who isn't in, in coordination with these types of guys says similar things, like you guys have said, like you have to, we need to come with this in a calm way. Think about what it is. Imagine the way that it can be transferred mm-hmm. and the degree to which you're actually potentially affected. And that could be a calming approach. But then when it sounds like people who are liars, then people may go, oh, man, you mean you agree with yeah. Trump? There's nuance to these types of things. So yeah. the reasoning behind the media uh, jumping onto this and making it a frenzy is because of, like you said, clicks and money and oh, that's the story. Let's go with the story of the day, and it's fine because who cares? That's our job to make money from the media's point of view. But from the administration's point of view, it's to calm it down because hey, we don't want this to look bad for us for the reelection uh, campaign here. Mm-hmm. So it's all these different reasons, but it comes to some of the same uh, uh, conclusions that people like to make. Either it's horrible, it's crazy, pull your hair out, or hey, you have nothing to worry about. Hey, if you if you're showing symptoms, just go to work anyway. Hey, coughing on people isn't oh, a big deal, no. you know. So like when when the tapping down goes that far, it's harmful, I think. 
But then when also the ramping up goes so far, it's also harmful. But people have different reasons for getting to but the, And the other thing is, you just don't know on the ramping up what is too far. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm hearing right. epidemiologists and, and, and doctors of great repute saying they would think twice before taking any elective travel. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I've heard them say you should avoid uh, crowded areas like movie theaters and you know all these things that kind of uh, make up everyday life. Uh, and they're doctors, they're not from the Trump administration right. and they're not, yeah. not from the Trump administration, it's just these guys. So I think the facts of this situation, to your point, uh, create a fear. And, it's, mm -hmm. and again, it's like just because you're hiding under the bed uh, doesn't mean uh, that there isn't something in the house that you should be hiding under the bed yeah. from. I mean, I, I, but I don't know. I don't know how big a monster this is. But I'll tell you, like, I, when I was wiping down my seats this morning when I was on the plane, I've been doing that before. I always do it because, because I'm not going to lie to you. I saw a video that Naomi Campbell put up, and it was this woman who put her feet all over the TV. It's oh, so gross. It's so disgusting. So I, I've i always done it. I'll take my wipes, and I'll wipe down the seat. I'll wipe down the window. But what I did want to say is because I do have an opportunity to speak to a lot of people, um, and a lot of the Latinos and black and brown people who watch the show do respond to me a lot. If you are feeling symptoms, don't, don't let the ET... Um, you know, uh, that whole ET phenomenon that you think that people are going to come in the hazmat suits, they're going to take you away from your family and you're never going to see them again, scare you. Those just are precautionary measures. The media does a lot of sensationalism about stuff, and it's just to scare you because the story keeps feeding the story. But if you are feeling symptoms, then go to the doctor because most people do recover from coronavirus. And it is a disservice to you and the people around you when you don't for fear of what you think is going to happen because of all of the stuff that they're feeding you. The truth of the matter is, is that most people that get help are, are alive and will continue to be alive. And so please, if you're feeling the symptoms, go see a doctor. Go go get help. It's part of what I was saying as far as our, our I guess I'll call it privilege from our point of view here is we do have those that access point. Mm -hmm. um, and many people in other parts of the world may not. Yeah, And then that's when things like this can happen, or then it's people who are more vulnerable, even versus the elderly, versus people with compromised immune systems. This is the same conversation I had, again, back to my wife, when it comes to uh, flu shots. Yeah. I don't like getting flu shots. And, you know, my first thought was, I don't get the flu, I don't get sick. It's just, I generally just don't get sick. I'm around people with the flu. My whole house was filled with it, and it just didn't get me. So, um, so... I can have that thought, but then when it was explained to me again, she's like, listen, you know, um, there's people that uh, can't get the flu shot. You have to help out. You're in a community here, you know? Oh, right, right, right. And then that's right, right. when, you know, that's oh, when that's I was nice. more on it, right? It's a herd immunity, yeah. Right. So, and then so, so if you have that opportunity to do it that way, if you can, then that's the reasoning why behind it, not because I get the flu. So, But in the movie, you're the only guy who doesn't get it. And then a bunch of scientists <laughs> start pulling blood from JR yeah, to figure out why JR doesn't get the COVID-19. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, you saw like the people in China, they built a hospital, they they immediately started building hospitals and one of those hospitals collapsed and 10 people died. So oh. we are very privileged here. We have a lot of opportunities and we should be thankful. Totally. And, in, in, and even people in this, in this country, in this privileged country, yes. still may not have those opportunities. So even here, because we like to think that everything, everybody lives like, you know, millionaires here. Yeah. It's not the case, obviously, but it's a shame that has to be said. Just Mark. Yeah. 
I do live the life. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you, first of all, you guys. Good, uh, uh, good times. And I think it's a good conversation to, that needs to be had because there's so many different angles that come from this. And um, uh, and you're we'll, superhuman, and you don't get the flu, is what I got. From this. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll have we'll have more fun next time, you guys. I understand, but this is an important conversation. It was on my mind, and I'm curious what everyone else thinks because I was only in my own head, and sometimes my own head is a little crazy. Surprise. Let me mention my podcast, yeah. The Edge with Mark Thompson. There's the mention, The Edge with Mark Thompson. Oh, see, Thank they already you. got you ready for you. Oh, that's yeah. so Oh, that's so cool. They knew this was coming. Thanks, old schoolers. <laughs> well, let me plug that I'll be in Arizona at the end of the month at the House of Comedy. So All right. make sure that you come out and see me. And uh, we had a good weekend last weekend, and you will have another good one. I'm going to Arizona, too, for Dodger Spring Training. Oh, that's right. Big crowds. Let's see if we uh, make that happen. Anyways, until next time, happy people. It's me, it's Mark, it's Ida. See you soon.